Uh, do you care if I say anything about that? I mean, go for it. We miss National Podcast Day because illness and uh, <laughs> International wow, Podcast really Day. Just... Yeah, International Podcast Day? Dang. Podcast Day. Like I said, I think it got overshadowed by International Coffee Day. Everyone cares about coffee, but not podcasts. But like they go, the two things go together. Coffee right, you're drinking your coffee while you're listening to your podcast. Right, while you're getting ready in the morning. It should like, have been yeesh. Coffee Podcast Day. Yeah. Pod Coffee Day. Coffee cast day. There we go. Cough cast. <sighs> okay. So. Four minutes wasted. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming back. Um, apologies in advance. First of all, we did not release an episode last week. I'm sorry. Um, Sheree and I are both suffering from some seasonal illnesses. I'm sure you're going to hear it in my voice throughout the episode this week. I am doing better, um, and so is Sheree, but it's... We're just, we're tired. But here we are. We're back this week. <laughs> what an understatement. We're tired. <laughs> I'm, we're I'm tired. working on 12 hours of sleep for the past three days. <sighs> and a two yeah, hour nap this, is not this evening. Mm, I'll bet that nap felt so good. I didn't want to wake up. Yep. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, so I'm sorry we missed National Podcast Day. I also missed National Podcast Coffee Day. Day, too. International Podcast Day. I know. I feel like I'm really slacking. I, I'm going to I'm gonna get back on it. I'm feeling better. I'm going to be on top of things. I'm going to... There's a couple of videos that I'm going to release this week as well. So, so, are we do are we doing a twofer today? No. God, no. No. No? Okay. No, please. No, right. no, no. Edit that out. <laughs> Can edit that out, then. Okay. So, um... In the spirit of spooky season, uh, we are on some scary stuff for October, and boy, did Cherie pick <laughs> a real a real doozy for our first spooky I mean, season episode. Like, yeesh, scary. lady. Warning label, for heaven's sakes. Yes, I didn't think it was that um, scary. Today's episode is on Ari Aster's debut film, Hereditary, so which good. is available on HBO Susan. Um... <laughs> We're not. I that, can't call it that. Gag, gag is going to continue until they become HBO Susan. <laughs> I can't call it Max now. I just can't. Like my brain is like it's on Susan. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, so as always, you don't have to watch the movie in order to listen to the episode, but we always recommend it as we will never stray away from spoilers. And boy, are there some spooky ones in this movie. So good. Um, an episode warning here, this movie, nor this episode, we'll be talking about things that are family friendly. So if you have kids listening, maybe pop some headphones in because mm-hmm. it's, it's about to get spooky. Um, honestly, this movie is just so well done and so creepy. So let's just get rolling. I'm your host, Audrey. And I'm your co-host, Sheree. So sit back, relax, and please don't silence your phone while we check your cinematic pulse. Ba-bum. So, summary of this, uh, this so this is an Apple-produced movie, right? This is from A24, their studios, right? Uh, listen, I was really tired. I don't know. Okay, I'm just going <laughs> to assume that I'm right. I'm so so sorry. anyway. I'm so sorry. 
So this is a more independent film, or at least it, it was. But um, so this film is about a woman named Annie who has experienced a lot of grief and a lot of mental health trauma in her life. After the death of her estranged mother, Annie starts trying to put her life back together, but tragedy continues to unravel what is left of her family. That good, is good my summary. summary of this movie. That is a Thank good you. summary. Thank you very much. Which is great because I, that that was something I struggled with all through high school. Because, like, with my own writing, I cannot sum my own writing up. I can't do it. It's very so hard. I, I can it's sum up hard. everyone else's. It's very hard. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good summary. I mean, it really is about grief. You know, it's, well, it's, one, it's, one, it's one of the plot points is grief. And well, and in in my research for this movie, apparently um, Ari Aster wanted to write a movie about grief. He he mm-hmm. said he wanted to do a movie about suffering that took suffering seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie really does. Originally, this movie was not a horror film. This movie was supposed to be like a a family drama. I think it was supposed to also be like three hours long. Yeah, the original cut was three hours long. Mm-hmm. I can't um yeah. like. I can understand this movie being about two and a half hours. I will say I think this movie probably needed about 15, 20 more minutes. But for what it is, it's still, I think you still get the whole story in the two hour time frame they use. I agree. I feel like the ending felt rushed. It's like you have all of this buildup and like the last of the action takes place in like the last 18 minutes of the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it just all happens at once. And I'm like, I feel like you needed a little bit more of that. And that that's what makes me feel like I, I understand at the end. I, okay, I understand how this would have been just like a family drama about mm-hmm. grief. And, and how then at the very end, it kind of turns into a horror movie. It's so, very much like what this feels like. First impressions then. First impressions. Um, I got to know, what made you want to watch this in the first place? Um, one of my former co-workers from whenever this movie came out, he was like, he loves, you know, horror films, scary films, whatever. He just likes films in general. And he said, Sharit, let's go see this film. He had already seen it, so he vetted it for me. I was like, okay, let's go see it. And I, also, the trailer, the trailer really was really well done. It was very spooky and anything that is geared towards like a child in a spookiness, it's off-putting, but it, it it's so interesting to see films like that because you're like, well, what are they going to do with this kid? And mm-hmm. I saw the trailer and then I saw the movie and then I just remember getting, what is it, the 30-minute mark? Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, she dies. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, yep, she dies. I remember, like, I like, looked at Like him. psycho status like you think you know the main character of this movie or you think you know a major plot point and uh-huh. then boom dead i looked at him and i said are you serious because the trailer is a red herring you think mm-hmm. the movie's the gonna be is. about the mom and the daughter and it's not saying it's not about charlie the daughter because it obviously but you think is. that she is going to be a main character throughout the whole thing like you think yes. that she is going to be the source of all of the paranormal activity in this movie mm-hmm. and she's not mm-hmm. she's gone first three minutes she's gone. gone boom gone and i when that happened in the film i was like oh oh this just became very interesting and i love twists i like red herrings and okay mm-hmm. let me re- explain red herrings are um they're little clues that you think are important and they're not so they're yes. there to throw well, you off for people who don't know what complete, red yeah is. a red herring is a complete mislead mm-hmm. um where it was it was done like i, I mentioned psycho where you think that the main character in in the movie is going to be 
the mom, mm-hmm. um, but then like a third of the way into the movie, she dies. Yeah. And and that was what this paid homage to, I feel like, with, with Charlie's death. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. This actually, I, this actually brought in a lot of uh, homage to a lot of traditional like horror thriller sure did. It sure did. movies. Um, I, yeah. But my first impression was really well done. And I haven't seen this film since I saw it in theaters. So watching it like five years later when it came out, 2018. Oh, uh, wow. So this is like almost watching it anew. Yeah. I, I knew how the ending, I knew where the ending was going. I knew all the big things that were happening, but like some of the, the things in between, all the things in between the major points, I'd forgotten. Uh, I really liked watching it a second time. It was kind of like watching it again for the first time, say for like some of the big points. And now with going through film school and, you know, being able to see the lens of filmmaking and the, the story broadened. So I liked it a lot better the second time than I did the first time. Nice. Okay. So, um, okay. So for me, I had no idea what I was going into. I feel like I remember seeing some, some trailers for this initially. Um, I remember, I remember the mom, I remember seeing like the miniatures and the dolls and stuff and feeling like, okay, that's creepy. And I remember seeing the child, um, and but like not really having any inkling about what the movie was going to be about. And like, that's all I remember seeing of the trailer. So you having me watch, it was just me going in blind. I did not look <laughs> up anything. Cause I didn't want to like, I don't know. I didn't want to taint my understanding of the movie. Um, so, so I went into this and, um, the movie starts out, like if not for the soundtrack, the movie starts out kind of normal. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, it kind of reminded me of like the it remake with how normal it starts out. Mm-hmm. I feel like, mm-hmm. um, there's just these sprinklings of like oddness and like unsettlingness throughout the opening. Um, I feel like Astor does an excellent job of setting the tone of like the quote unquote unsettling with the weird tree house. Mm-hmm. Um, like the the treehouse in the opening is just unsettling because of the way that it's built. It's oh, precarious. Man. There's so much to talk about later when it comes to that, but yes, continue. If the treehouse is precarious. It is so weird because it is just built like they literally just climbed up, sawed these trees off like two stories up, mm-hmm. and then built a treehouse using those four trees as like posts, as corner mm-hmm. posts. Um, which, like, I don't even know if that's a structurally sound way to build a building. Sure doesn't feel like it. I feel like not, but I'm not a structural engineer, so I don't know anything. But it did a good job of, like, setting that tone of the unsettling because you feel like this this house is just perched precariously on these four pillars. Um, and then so, the, you know, it does this... this uh, back out shot of that and then the the soundtrack is unsettling and then there's the fly on the windowsill which just insects in general are always just unsettling mm-hmm. um so so the movie me, me going in blind the opening started out with like okay this is uncomfy and i'm gonna be uncomfy for pretty much the rest of the movie but up until like the last 18 minutes of the movie i'm like this is an interesting movie mm-hmm. i'm not super freaked out this is just an interesting movie mm-hmm um that being said the last 18 minutes i'm really glad i made wes watch this movie with me (laughs) he had already seen it i don't know what prompted him to see it he doesn't usually watch scary movies by himself um he must have had somebody tell him that they wanted to watch it or something and, and he just did it when he was in germany or something i don't know um 
But yeah, he had already seen it. And so I was just, I was the only one going in blind. So he was like watching, like waiting for all of like the shock points in the, in the movie for me, (laughs) seeing how I would react. And I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep afterwards. Really? See, I feel like I I didn't like, it it has spooky things, but I wouldn't say it's initially a scary film. Um, I don't. Okay. So for me, I do not vibe with. Um, or I guess I, I really do vibe with anything that has like a satanic or religious undertone to its horror or has like a satanic or religious origin to its horror. Any of that stuff, that stuff really freaks me out. That is mm-hmm. the stuff that I will like see in the shadows, like think that I'm seeing things, listen to every bump in the night, not be able to sleep that night that after I watch the movie. Like literally, I had to turn on Harry Potter and just listen yeah. to Jim Dale lull me to sleep yeah. after I watched this movie. You got to watch a Disney movie after a scary film. That's how you do it. Uh... You got to have a double feature. Yeah, no, my my double feature was turning on, exactly, (laughs) Um, my double feature was just turning on the Harry Potter audiobook and listening to that as I fell Mm -hmm. asleep, Um, yeah, so I just, I, that stuff freaks me out, there's like the the realism element to it, monster movies, um, like slasher movies, I mean like I don't like gore, I am not a fan of gore, I prefer, eh, gore is not like, there's nothing compelling about gore, I'm sorry, no, it's gratuitous, and I'm just like, compelling, like you have to, like nowadays after all the horror movies that we have had, you have to get like real creative with your gore to truly freak people out anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm just like, well, and here's, I don't, here's I'm the thing too, as I feel like scary movies have become more sophisticated, which I really, really appreciate because mm-hmm. I do like scary I films. Agree. I do like scary horror mm-hmm. films, but like we've had some very sophisticated ones over the years. Like I'd even say Get Out is arguably a scary Oh, which I still haven't film. seen yet. Oh, <laughs> I can't speak to you anymore. I'm sorry. No, it's like I know that I need to watch it. You I know that it's fantastic. You will love it. You will love yeah. it. I need to watch that and I need to watch the other one that they did about like the alien abductions. I haven't watched I that what one it's yet. Called. I still need to watch that. I, I need to watch uh, that one. Nope. Is that correct? Nope. Yep, that's what it is. It's called Nope. So yeah, I mean like I didn't technically have any real first impressions. It was just like going into the movie and then after the movie. I, the last like 18 minutes of the movie, like there's some stuff that like really got to me there's like that's one the thing in particular in. there was one thing in particular that i like cannot unsee like there were parts of it that i was like watching through my fingers because i knew something <laughs> bad was gonna happen and i'm like i don't want this imagery to stick with me um like what's his name alex wolf um the guy who played peter yeah smashing his head on the desk i'm like i knew this was gonna happen and so like the second he started to have a freak out in class i covered my eyes and i was just watching through the crack in my fingers i'm like i don't need this to haunt me for forever and my husband's sitting there going that's the point of watching horror movies and i'm like no thank you the the part the spookiest part to me was when um the people step out of the shadow once he's in the um the attic that and like when he looks over his shoulder, he has seen his spoiler alert, his crisped father on the floor, and he looks Oof. over his shoulder and sees it's those crisp. people. Like, is it like one of the seance? Well, I don't know. One of the followers is in the in the doorway. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's not even his mom well, see, crawling on the ceiling. That didn't bother me at all. That okay? So I knew that that was gonna happen because there's a wide shot of the house, like after everything hits the fan, mm-hmm. and there's just naked people standing out in yeah. the front yard in the moonlight. Oh, yeah. But they blend in with the trees, mm-hmm. so like if you're not looking for them, you don't see them. Mm-hmm. 
it's really well done because they've you got all these tiger wood trees around them um and so they they blend in because they're pale just like the trees are right there were but mm, they the the mom <sighs> spoiler alert spoiler 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 alert the mom decapitation scene rough that's that's what i couldn't sleep with <laughs> Really? Okay, I woke up. I was doing okay. I was doing just fine. I, I listened to Harry Potter. I went to sleep. I woke up at 4 a.m. Wes was no longer awake to comfort me. He's just out like a light and I'm awake. And that, like, my subconscious <laughs> brings that image into my brain. And I'm like, great. Thank you. Thank you, brain. That's Remember when awesome. you wanted to do two scary films a week? Yeah. Glad yes, we're not anymore. I'm also glad we're not anymore. <laughs> I did. I pitched a crazy idea. I was like, there's so many scary movies that like are good. Like I would want to talk about this month. Maybe we should do a double feature each week. No, pass, fail. <laughs> Immediately no. shut that down. I was like, Mm-mm, I don't Delete. have time for that. <laughs> no, terrible plan. I'm really glad that you talked me out of that. That was great. It wasn't hard. Um, All I said was no. <laughs> <laughs> there was no conversation you're like, involved. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. You just accepted it. Bye. I accepted my fate. Okay, so I have some questions for you. Um, so oh. why why this movie? What made you want to pick this movie? Tony Collette's performance is so good. It is so Bruh, preach. So so good. I also picked it because I thought you I loved the twist in the 30 minute mark when Charlie dies. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, there's just so many twists in this film. And also, because it's me, the camera work. Mm. The camera work is stellar. Mm, I did appreciate film. the camera uh, work for you. I noticed it. I noticed some like uh a la M Night Shyamalan kind of like slow close-ups. Lots of pans. I noticed some of those. Like, lots of and wide lots shots. Of, yeah. Lots of long mm-hmm. shots. The long shots, very reminiscent of Alfonso Cuaron. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the opening shot yep. is long. It's very long. And I was like, ooh. And it makes you feel uncomfortable. That's what long shots are supposed to do. They're supposed to build anticipation. Yes. That mo- yes, the movie are. does and that did, so did a good job. well, and it does it often. There's so many mm-hmm. wide shots and long shots, and they build up the anticipation. They build up the 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 uneasiness you feel as you watch. It's one of the reasons I really liked this film when I first saw it, but now I appreciate it more, knowing you know the uses of those those filming techniques. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you said. Um, that you think that like horror movies are kind of starting to get more sophisticated. What mm-hmm. do you think that this movie does well that other horror movies don't? It tells a good story. It's written very well. It doesn't go out mm-hmm. of its way to like a lot of like, don't get me wrong. I will go to, I'll go see a mid tier scary film for a good jump scare. I love jump scares, but what for would me, you name as a mid tier scary film? So like I have a, I have a reference of comparison. So my favorite horror film of all time is probably uh oh goodness what is it called strangers um came out years and years and years ago it is um about a couple who were gonna get married and they call off the wedding at the last minute but they still go to their cabin in the for their honeymoon and they are preyed upon by strangers that live nearby in the woods mm. or whatever it's very like the way that they do jump scares in that film one of the best scares is they have this big wide shot in the film where oh i can see her face can't think of her name she's standing in the middle of this kitchen and her husband her was going to be husband is somewhere else in the house and you just see someone enter in the frame behind her and just stand there and look at her and that's it nothing else happens 
I love that film because it has a lot of great jump scares. Love that film because of how it built it built the uneasiness of like you know what's going to happen. They're just playing with them. They're playing with them. So maybe mm. it's not even mid. I think it's maybe underrated. But I feel like it's n- it's not one of those films that's you know it doesn't have a great storyline or a plot, but the scares are really good. So maybe it's okay. Mid. So maybe a la like Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. it's I would put somewhere in the middle. But like I feel like nowadays we've become we really like a good story. And I really appreciate when people can mix good writing with horror because that makes it a compelling film that's going to last through the ages. People are going to watch Hereditary forever for a number of reasons. They're going to watch it for performance. Tony Collette, mm, award winning. I don't know. If she, actually, I don't know if I she agree. won for this, but she got nominated. I don't for think Hereditary. she won anything for this. She but deserved like, it. Wow. Her performance in this film is so good. The camera work, the directing, everything about this film from writing, directing, acting, top to bottom, music, everything. Great. It's great. It's great. It is Frosted Flakes worthy. Okay. Um, okay. So, so, uh, in response to that, I do have to ask, is there anything that you think that it is lacking? Yeah. I, um, again, I think we said it already. I felt like you could have added about 20 more minutes onto this film to build up the mm-hmm. ending. Because I agree. Even when I saw it the first time, I was like, man, I feel like you, like, there wasn't, because it is, again, it's a scary film. It's a horror film, if you will sophisticated as it is i feel like they could have added a little more towards the end when it comes to the spook factor they they, Mm -hmm. here's the thing they didn't have to they still tell told um a compelling story without it and you see everyone devolving into madness except for the dad the dad gets off just because he's the only person who has any sanity left him in left in him at the end i literally put that in my notes i will get to it but i commented on that in my notes because i literally was like well dad's still there you literally need to get rid of him at this point in the story because he's the only still sane person he's the only sane person and he's the like he's the only living being left who could potentially save peter and Mm -hmm. you know all the demons and whatnot that's going on they often him so Mm -hmm. but yeah i feel like i feel as far as spook factor goes that it, it again i will take good writing over jump scares because i want a compelling story I would have loved just a little bit more of that. I think I also would have loved just a little bit more background into how the grandmother got into all this. Because I felt like that would have been a little more helpful towards storytelling. But honestly, you don't need it. I agree. But I think think it would have been a little more helpful knowing how did she get to this? What I needed the weird background stuff flushed out. A little more. A little more. And I'll get to more of that later. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... Okay, that answers most of my questions that I had for for now. Um, <laughs> so on to casting. I completely agree with you. Tony Collette was absolutely amazing. It's a travesty that she didn't win anything for this because mm-hmm. she originally she didn't want to do this anymore. She said that she did not want to do like horror movies or anything anymore. She wanted to do like comedies and stuff going forward. But she read the script and she said it was just so mm-hmm. compelling that she just had to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, she did grief she, really well. Oh my gosh, she did grief and the mental health angle justice. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did not feel contrived. They did not feel so much like a plot device. They felt real, which I think is attributed to the fact that this 
movie was originally going to just be a family drama about people dealing with grief. Right, and, it, and that's exactly what it is. It's a family drama with a horror film on top of it. They're just they're just melded together. So I think I think maybe that's probably why she chose is like, okay, there are horror factors, but at the at the core of this, this is about grief. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and I guess. Reading, reading some of the background, Ari Aster, uh, again, who is the director of this film, did a complete biographies and backstories on all of the characters before he ever wrote the screenplay. So these characters were completely fleshed out it prior feels to going like into the actual story. These characters Doesn't do it? feel fleshed out. So that makes a lot of mm-hmm. sense. These characters feel very... Um, very faceted. Everybody has like things that they're into, things that they do. Everyone has jobs. Everyone has like friends that they not I mean like everyone has friends that they are friends with. But I mean like everyone has backstory to them. Everyone has quirks that they're into. People that they talk to. They're not they're not one dimensional characters. Mm-hmm. Like like I feel like happens so often when you have horror movies. You have people who have like their one thing. Right. You know, like the the wife who stays at home crafting all day, like that's her one thing or whatever. But that's that wasn't the case for these people. You know, mm-hmm. like you have the mom who who did get into miniatures and she's also like working on a deadline for something that she's trying to um, get to her company for for a show or whatever. And and also she has to deal with her mom's funeral that she had to plan. And um she has kids like in their rebellious teenager phase that she has to deal with trying to parent at the same time. And then she's going to grief counseling and she's got all this family trauma that she has to deal with. And that's just one character. Right. You know, like you still have everything else that's going on with Peter and, and Charlie and everything. And so the, yeah, these characters do feel really well fleshed out. I would like to know more about the dad's backstory. Right. What's his name? Steve. Steve, he wasn't that I would like important to know. though, and that's why they offed him. No. Like they're like, we don't need Steve, mm-hmm. but it, we don't need Steve. He, Steve was the sanity the, anchor, and he's gone now. Right, he he was the anchor to that family. He was literally holding them. He was the glue. The man was the glue. Mm-hmm. He's and, that linchpin. He was the sanity mm-hmm. linchpin. Mm-hmm. Yep. He got rid of him. Um. So I w- I will I will point out one one funny factor that was pointed out, and now I cannot unsee. Um. Is that like here okay this is something that i need to do as somebody who gets super spooked by these kinds of movies and then can't sleep for the next 24 hours um i need to poke holes in them i need to make fun of them a little bit so that they don't get under my skin too much because Mm -hmm. like i made that mistake when i was younger watching scary movies and just like letting myself get completely absorbed by them and then i was like terrified for the next week (laughs) So I've downed my like terrified window from like a week to like 24 hours. So I really think that I've done well. <laughs> um, but one of the holes that we poked in it was my husband pointed out that we're supposed to believe that Annie and Steve, these two very white characters, gave birth to the very yep. brown child mm-hmm. that is Peter. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm like, is this like a milkman kid situation or mm-hmm. what happened here? Yeah. yeah. I, 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 uh, when I first saw the film, I was which, like, that doesn't make sense. But you know what? I'm not going to question it. We'll let it slide, which apparently is funny because I guess, um, Gabriel Byrne, uh, who plays Steve, actually played Alex Wolf's dad before in something else that they did together. Oh, well, then I'm not going to question it at all then. And I'm like, okay, so that's what the other thing was like, okay, maybe, I guess in some universe, like, 
Well, okay, so we see him when he's very salt and pepper. I'm like, okay, he could have had, like, super, like, dark hair before and, like, would have resembled him a little bit more. Like, I'll let it slide. Or I'm like, I told Wes, I'm like, I don't know, maybe, like, that's not her first marriage. Maybe, like, the, maybe Peter was from, like, a previous marriage. I don't know. What do you want from me? <laughs> but that was, I can't unsee it now. <laughs> um, okay, that's all I had on casting. Did you have anybody else you wanted to talk about for casting? I will say, uh, casting for Peter was really good. You know Bye. what? I will, um, he went full method for this movie, apparently. Really? Yeah. An odd movie to go full method for, I feel like. So for, for those of you who are listening who don't know what we're talking about, um, method acting is when an actor completely, like, morphs into their character during the, the course of filming. And they are in character all the time. They only do things that their character would do. They ask to be called by their character's name, and they get completely absorbed into it. There are some very classic instances in Hollywood of actors who have taken method acting way too far. Um that that almost happened for this movie uh peter wolf really wanted to break his nose for the desk scene wow yeah and ari astor apparently politely refused and was like no <laughs> wow, no wow what a dedicated guy you will not be doing that um we're gonna make a foam desk for you to to bash your head on um at which which he did, and when he, he was told that the desk was going to be cushioned, so he went at it full force. I'm and I guess hurt. he had a he had a prior injury and didn't know that only like the top of this prop desk was going to be cushioned, and so he went at it and accidentally dislocated his jaw. Yikes! Yeah, and that's why we don't method act, ladies and gentlemen. Daniel Day-Lewis, yeah. though, when he method acts, he wins Academy Awards. Okay, Daniel Day-Lewis can method act. Okay, if you're being, <laughs> like, not a crazy character that bashes your face into a desk, you can method act. But if you do things like that, no. No capes. But, uh, yeah, um, he was very, I think he was also excellently cast. The whole, everyone was cast really well, but I think they their performances stood out the most. So I want to move on to the writing then, because I, because I talked about all, all of the background work that, that Ari Aster put into these characters' backstories to to flesh these people out and make them compelling. And I think really that that's, that's what draws you to this movie is not so much the plotting, but it's the characters. Mm -hmm. It's especially like Annie and her grief. Um, and I talking, speaking about Annie, um, I, I, I made a note about her first monologue because she does this amazing monologue during when she goes to grief counseling, mm -hmm. when she goes to like the group grief counseling. Um, and it, and it really explains like essentially why this movie is called hereditary, um, which I have it, I have it written in here. Do you want me to read it? Go for it. Okay. I am sick. So please have mercy on me. <laughs> um, so she says, my name is Annie. Everybody goes, hi, Annie. Um, my mom died a week ago, so I'm just here for trying it. I have a lot of resistance to things like this, but I came to these a couple of years ago. Well, I was forced to come, and I guess it, um, I guess it helped. So um, my mom was old, and she wasn't all together there at the end. We were pretty much estranged before that, so it wasn't really a huge blow, but I did love her. And she didn't have an easy life. She had DID, which became extreme at the end, and dementia. And my father died when I was a baby from starvation um, because he had psychotic depression. And he starved himself, which I'm sure was just as pleasant as it sounds. And then there's my brother, 
my brother had schizophrenia and when he was 16 he hanged himself in my mother's bedroom and of course his suicide note blamed her accusing her of putting people inside of him so that was my mom's life and then she lived in our house at the end before hospice we weren't even talking before that I mean we were and then we weren't and then we were She's completely manipulative until my husband enforced a no contact rule, which lasted until I got pregnant with my daughter. I didn't let her anywhere near me when I had my first son, which is why I gave her my daughter, who she immediately stabbed her hooks into. And I just, I felt guilty again. I felt guilty again when she got sick. Not that she was really even my mom at the end and not that she would ever feel guilty about anything. I just don't want to put any more stress on my family. I'm not even sure if they could could give me that support I just I just feel like I just sometimes feel like it's all ruined and then I realize that I am to blame or not not that I'm to blame but I am blamed insane (laughs) good job Audrey that was really good thank you thank you my my high school acting chops coming out a little bit um so like I'm listening to that and and I feel like I just had to read the whole thing because there is so much packed into that Oh my gosh, there's so much packed into that. And there's and, so much you like, have to decipher later after you watch the film. You're like, well, okay, so right? was the brother like being this, manipulated? Like the brother was trying right. to... Right, like- this monologue is so key. And and you know that it's key because I talked about like my Allah M. Night Shyamalan. You get like a slow, like Ken Burns style, like close up mm-hmm. on her the whole time she's talking. And then like it slowly pans back out. Mm-hmm. Um, but... This monologue is so important, again, for why I said this movie is called Hereditary, because you have a a mom who has DID. So for those of you who don't know what DID is, it's Dissociative Identity Disorder. Um, It's the the rename, the reclassification for... DID is a doozy. It's yeah, so it's a real disorder. Um, it's it's the reclassification of of multiple personality disorder. Um, That is the... The old term for it, it's not accurate. Um, DID, dissociative identity disorder, is much more um, descriptive and much more accurate of depicting what what the actual illness is. Um, so this woman had DID and then also had dementia when she got older. Um, and then her father had psychotic depression, which I've not I've not heard of, but that sounds awful. Um, and then her brother was a schizophrenic. Um, so he heard voices in his head telling him to do stuff. So, like, so you're listening to this and you're looking at Annie and you're going, there's no way you're normal. Right. Like, <laughs> like, like I'm sorry. You have to have something. There's no like, way. Well, it's sad because you, you think exactly. at some point she's going to inherit some kind of mental health issue because at this point it was on, mm-hmm. it's surrounded her and her family. It's right. in her genetics. Hence the title hereditary. Right. It's in mm-hmm. her genetics. So you're like, this poor woman. She either already has it or it's like slowly oncoming and you just don't, you Mm -hmm. don't know. You don't know until you know. Well, and she said a line in this too. She says, um, I have a lot of resistance to things like this, but I came to these a couple of years ago while I was forced to come. Right. So you have to be like, oh, was it, you know, court ordered? Right. Right. So you're thinking, okay, what what happened that made you go to grief counseling? Because it wasn't that her brother died because he died when he was 16. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, like, I'm assuming that he's maybe older than her. But even if he's younger than her, like, she's not she's not anywhere near 
16 Mm -hmm. or how old like her her younger slash older brother would have been when he passed away so it's not that and um it you there's no indication that she maybe had like a miscarriage or like the the closest thing that i was coming up with was like maybe she was dealing with like postpartum depression after having charlie um maybe but she says but i came to these a couple of years ago and charlie is i believe 13 in the movie 13 or 14 well i do wonder too if it had to do anything with the almost you know homicide of her kids by setting them on fire with the the paint thinner incident Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's what I've got to be thinking of, but, but I don't know, but it's, it's grief counseling, I think. But I mean, it's not necessarily indicative of like, that's the one she went to but before. Too, it was just a, a group counseling thing. But yeah. So you can thinking, grieve like, about okay. anything at any point and you can grieve, you can grieve people who aren't even dead. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if she's dealing with a complicated relationship with her mother, especially mm-hmm. if like a no contact order has been enforced right. or something. Exactly. Yeah. But, but like, regardless, I'm, I'm, I'm basically like crossing like process of elimination. I'm going, okay, you judging from your family's history. And I don't think that it's any of these other things that this character would have had to go to a group counseling thing for she probably had some sort of mental health episode and had to go to group therapy for yeah. it um so yeah we're watching this and my, my husband's going like man why did you even have kids like you should not have children mm-hmm. <laughs> if that is your family history with that much mental health problems right. like maybe should have adopted because like that and that plays into another theme that I wanted to talk about in in doing my research about this. And I feel like I'm gonna jump around a little bit. Um, and I'm gonna talk about it it's this later in my notes on writing. But um at around the 14 minute mark, there's an early scene when the subject of free will is being discussed, uh, mentioning one of Sophocles' plays. I'm so glad um, you're bringing this up. Continue. Yeah. Uh, literally, okay. of my three lines and notes, it's one of them that I made. So, yeah. So, th- th- okay. Again, we have talked about, like, if I, I need it on a t-shirt, nothing is done by accident mm-hmm. in film. Okay. Um, and so they're not just accidentally talking about Sophocles in mm-hmm. the background. Um and that particular play, like I said, is, is centered upon the subject of free will. And so you, especially with all of the dollhouse themes in the movie, um, Ari Aster states that their family, um, especially with this hereditary say, or hereditary say, with this hereditary theme and with the grandma already clearly setting things in motion mm-hmm. um this the, i feel like this film really aligns with the these characters not having any free will right that basically these characters are dolls in a dollhouse with someone else moving them around and everything that was going to happen being inevitable you want to know what the one quote i wrote down from this whole film was what it's said in that first classroom scene at the very end all pawns in this hopeless machine yep see whole theme whole theme of the movie inevitable and it, it, it the classroom scenes actually there's 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 others but that like all the classroom scenes were poignant like they were like you said they were not done by accident they're telling you mm-hmm. with, with giving like, you crumbs. and agamemnon they're yes they're giving you crumbs 
as to what's going to yeah, happen There's later. another one that gets brought up is in the story of King Agamemnon, who sacrificed his daughter, Iphigenia, Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to f- defeat the Trojans. Mm-hmm. So you you already have this little Easter egg of the note of, of a sacrificial daughter or a daughter dying. Yep. 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 I'm just so it's, glad it's you all brought there. that up. Again, of the one, two, three, four, five, five little notes, little sentences I wrote, that was one of them. I was like, so poignant, mm-hmm. so good. Yep. And so uh, back to, back to during that, that support meeting, um, which you mentioned it earlier, Annie recounts her brother's suicide at age 16 um, and states that his note blamed their mother for, quote unquote, putting people inside him. Mm-hmm. Um, she certainly attempted and to. That's what I'm thinking, man. OK, so like with the with the backstory of this and and with now we understanding what they were trying to do, I I feel like this kid probably did not have schizophrenia. He or maybe he did. Um, but. I think that this no, was their mother. Who knows? Who knows? Right. The I feel like this was probably the grandma's first attempt to conjure King Oh, Payman. for sure. Oh, for sure. Right. And and when he like realized what was happening to him, he was like, "Nope, not going to be your weird demon host," and said, <laughs> "Peace out." It's like, yeah. Well, yeah. think too. What's interesting um, um, of Charlie kind of being the host but needing a male body i mean even think of her name it's charlie is more male it's more of a male name you don't hear it in females very often but you do sometimes but i think that's probably why they chose the name charlie's because you could argue it's both but at the end of the day it's definitely more male dominant name and so they had to well move paimon and it's from her body to peter's Right, and it's interesting that you say that because I guess at some point in the movie they did mention what Annie's brother's name was, and his name was Charles. Oh, that's right. You're correct. Yeah, I believe so it was in the obituary her. that was put in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's named after her uncle, and and remember, um, hereditary. This was hereditary. Uh, remember, this was the kid that that Annie did decide to let her mom have some say in the raising of. Um, Mistake. So, so she gets a boy name because uh, remember, and then Charlie said like, "Oh, you know, Grandma wishes that I was a boy." Mm-hmm. Um, which yes, she does. Toots, she does in fact wish you were a boy. She even dresses like <laughs> a tomboy, but that's not but, gonna you know, stop her. She dresses like a tomboy, but her mom also said, "You know, I used to dress like that as well." So it makes you wonder, like. How many times has grandma tried this on different people in her family? Like, did she try it to her husband? Did she try? She tried it on her kids. And now she's like, okay, grandkids are next. It's Mm -hmm. because she, I think she figured out that, okay, like, this is my theory. Couldn't happen on her actual husband. So she tried on her kids. Didn't work. She's like, I I feel like the reason the dad was still so intact mentally is because she's like, well, it's not going to, it didn't, it didn't work on my husband who's not of the bloodline. So it's not going to work on her husband. So just forget him. Going to see if it works on the grandchildren. Mm Mm-hmm. So I, what I'm thinking is that the dad probably didn't actually starve himself because remember Annie's a kid so she's not really able to fully understand the events that probably went on while she was a child mm-hmm. my bet is he was probably being like a like 
yeah. tortured and abused by Ellen, the mm-hmm. grandmother. Like, mm-hmm. she was probably, like, going to make him a sacrifice. I don't know. Because generally with these things, it has to be, like... So, okay, so here's where my one... um my like why my one complaint of like where I started to um divert like diverge from like buying into this a little bit is that the like the the horror story plot kind of started to feel a little bit derived um this very much felt like paranormal activity um where there was a demon following a family until you had like a firstborn male uh-huh. for the demon to inhabit um, and so, like, I called that, like, that whole thing a mile away when, like, this starts happening and the mom's talking about, like, I didn't let her have my firstborn, but I let her have my secondborn. Right. And I'm like, oh, probably going to use the kids for some demon ritual because you need, like, a firstborn male to summon a demon. Got the it. And that turned and out spare. to be what happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, did you say the air and the spare? <laughs> <laughs> but in this case, you need both. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Kill the spare. Sorry. Um, so that, that was my one, like, do you just get my Voldemort reference? <laughs> yeah. Why is it always like three seconds later that I get your jokes, man? That's slow burn humor. My I'm brain sorry. is just on backload. Oh, that's fine. I also just listened to the fourth book again. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's okay. So back, back to paranormal activity, like that's where I started to kind of poke holes in things. Um, like, especially when she like starts to see things in her grandma's stuff about like ritualistic stuff. And she again mentioned like, I let her, I wouldn't let her anywhere near my firstborn, but I let her have my second. And I'm like, this is going to be like a demon summoning thing, isn't? Mm-hmm. And like, I'm like, not even that far into the movie because that that's already, that's already been done um that's that was that was the whole plot of paranormal activity which i'm really sad we were gonna talk about it but unless it comes to a streaming service sometime soon we're not gonna get to talk about it yeah paranormal activity is certainly one worth talking about um it was very i it was groundbreaking for when it came out yeah Mm -hmm. very much so yeah for what it was it was totally groundbreaking and so was its plot um so so yeah, I started started to poke holes and things after that. Like I'm I'm watching this movie, going like, what family walks around with the lights off all the time? No one, no one. It's weird. No, the first thing you do at nighttime when you can't see something and you're feeling sus is you flick on the lights, y'all. All of them. And and I'm sorry, I start making loud noises like, who's in here? Who wants to fight me? Right? Come out like, now. Just walking around the house like, what's up? I like I kid you not. This <laughs> is a very distinct memory of. Man, I think I was in middle school and my mom, my brother and I just got home and we don't, we had not remembered keeping our lights on when we got, like when we had left and I, my mom was like, you guys stay here. I was like, absolutely not. We're going in. We're fighting. (laughs) (laughs) So I I literally, my mom's like, don't you dare get in front of me. I, I literally walked in front of her, unlocked the door and just bang. Kicked it up and I was like, "Who's in here? Let's fight nice. Now. That's how you clear a room. I was like, "Let's oh go!" It's just went full on ghost hunters, just squaring up against them ghosties. Let's go! <laughs> oh my god! Not the smartest well, I mean, thing like, I've done, but I like would fight anyone. I'll I'll fight someone. I'm for proud a while. of you. I'm proud of you. I'd be terrified of you, like for real. Uh, <laughs> also, yeah, my household. Does- no, no humans nor ghosties better mess with my household because we have one set for humans and then we were packing rock salt for the ghosties just in case. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man, oh, man. Like, like, 
Graham family and Cool Wall family will clear houses if we are concerned about paranormal. I already tell like, you, I'm coming over. If the zombie apocalypse ever happens, I'm going straight to your parents' house. <laughs> like, for real, though. I'm going to be safe also, there. I legit, like, prayed before I went to bed after watching this movie. I was like, you know what? I have my dogs. I have my cats to ward off demons. Because I read somewhere the demons don't like cats. And they don't like creepers either. I am s- you took my joke. Dang it. I was going to break up the creepers. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't understand, like the dogs- Minecraft. This is Minecraft reference. Like- <laughs> yeah, you keep cats around you in Minecraft because creepers don't like cats. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I got my dogs and my cats. And I was like, and I have the Lord my God. And I said a little <laughs> prayer before I went to bed. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and we got like eight minutes audio. left, Audrey. Can we talk about production? Oh, quick? no. Oh, my gosh. Please. Um, Practical effects. Practical effects. Did you know? No. I, I would assumed, but I... Uh, Almost all the effects in this movie are practical effects. It makes sense because there's not a lot to be had that is, you know, except for the decapitated bodies. But uh, that was a practical effect, though. I can believe you wanna it. You want to hear I, about it? Go ahead. It's I have, I have my theories, but yes, go ahead. Okay, so lich, literally, they suspended Tony Collette up in the air, and um, you saw a, a piano get overturned and smashed down in the house, and she wore a prosthetic neck and used a piano string to slice through the prosthetic neck and pretend to decapitate herself. That's dope. We love a good performance. Was, that was like the thing that like I could not get out of my head. That was what woke me up at 4 a.m. was freaking Tony Collette on the ceiling with a piano wire. And I'm like, nope, out, bye. <laughs> not Colonel Mustard in the library with a candlestick. <laughs> okay, continue. Tony Collette on the ceiling. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, uh, what did you want to bring up? Oh, the, well, the, I was going to say the other practical effect was um Charlie's decapitation. They built an animatronic Charlie with a collapsible skull and had a stunt driver bash the animatronic child into a telephone pole. That's cool. No, I definitely didn't know that yeah. one. Would not have guessed and that. And got in it in one take. Wow. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's perfect. Definitely yeah, which like makes that. that cooler rather than terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I really didn't know about um, practical effects in this one. I didn't look it up because I was just so... <laughs> I was so in love with the camera work and, like, the use of miniatures in this movie. Yeah, because you know me. I love practical effects. I prefer practical effects over everything. Same, The The chalk on the chalkboard, there's a magnet in the chalk and under the table to make the chalk right on the chalkboard. I could believe that one. Um, What I loved so many times is, like, both, what was it, uh, the mom and the dad both looked under the table during the seances. They're like, what is happening? I cracked up. I was like, check under the table. Those are the moments I laughed in this film were those two moments. (laughs) Right? Like, that's what I would do. We're like, no, this is fake. (laughs) I'm gonna look under the table. Like, for real. My favorite thing about this film was the, the levels of filmmaking of, like, okay, so... Here's obviously a set, but then sometimes the way that the, because again, lighting and um, just the, how the sets are built and the way they look, you're like, okay, but is this one of the miniatures? It look it just looks a little weird, but then you see mm-hmm. characters it start looks moving. Off. It looks off, but then you see character, the characters moving throughout these, these scenes. And you're like, okay, weird, very weird, but it's part, obviously part of the mm-hmm. storytelling. It's the layers of, again, 
all pawns in this hopeless machine. They're all dolls. They're all being used. Mm. So mm-hmm. makes... they're all they're all dolls in a dollhouse right. that... as someone else moves their pieces. Mm-hmm. The first shot of this film, oh, so unsettling because it's a long shot mm-hmm. and it pans and it zooms into Peter's bedroom. And the thing mm-hmm. is, it's a miniature and it's a set. But the way, ah, oh, man, just sorry, I'm just loving yeah, that it was all a good over one. again. Usually, because I mean, like you've seen, like I've, you, we've seen dollhouse effect scenes before to open movies. I feel like we saw one of those in like Stuart Little. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen those before. Those have those have been done, but this one was like extra creepy because mm-hmm. you couldn't tell where the blend was. Like, right. was it the whole time? Did they just pan over? Like, was that I little think wall in that dollhouse green, screen. green screened? I'm going to That's assume what I'm it's saying. green screen, but I, it's just done so well. And it looks so weird. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it, the shot is wide enough and big enough for it to look like it, it literally fit right perfectly into the little miniature set they had, she'd already made for her son's mm-hmm. room. It's just so good. It's just so good. And I love, like, there are times where oh, another great shot is, it's a, it's a very quick one, where you see the um, the, the treehouse. And it just looks weird. And it looks like a miniature because the lighting is mm-hmm. funny and it just looks funny and it all looks a little too it does, compact. Like, it's like a, a dollhouse within a dollhouse within a dollhouse. Mm-hmm. It's layers. It, la- it, yeah, it layers upon layers, you know. It, it also comes down back to... Um, how long and how how long these people have been used and who's using them like did someone even get to like the grandmother to get to her family it's the right the how miniatures. did she get into this that's what you wanted them to explore a little bit more right right again it, i feel like that would have told the whole story but i again i'm not upset that they didn't tell it because that's part of the spook factors not knowing the full story sometimes but yeah, I think my I favorite just, part I just I agree this... with you. For me, I would have I would have wanted a little bit more because it felt so derivative I to agree. me. I'm like, oh, I agree. Great, like they, they need the male firstborn so that they can summon a demon. Blah right. blah blah. Like, I, been, I agree. Been done. I would have liked a little more, but I, if it, again, one of my favorite things about this film was just the miniatures and the camera work and the long shots to you know really bring up the spook factor in this film. Loved it. Loved it. Loved mm-hmm. it. Loved it. Yep. Um, also, fun fact: this movie was uh, takes place and was shot in Park City, Utah. Uda. Mm-hmm. I Uda pal. Um, we were we were watching it, and I recognized the mountains immediately. I was like, "What? Where does this take place? This looks like Utah." And I looked it up. It was shot Park City, um, which is like an hour east of me. That's awesome. Well, I know, right? I bet it was a lot which is funny because apparently there's actually a significant occult presence in Utah. So wow, it makes even more sense now. <laughs> right? You wonder why I couldn't sleep. <laughs> um. So yeah. Any last things we want to talk about? Um. Great film. Eight out of ten. Great writing. I also gave it an eight out of ten. I would say performances, especially by Tony Collette and um, oh my gosh, what's his name? Alex. Alex Wolf. Alex Wolf. Uh, ten out of ten. Both of them did great. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. It was really good. Um, any questions you have? Because you know me and you know my writing, and you know that I spiraled about this endlessly. Do you have any questions about the writing that you're wondering about? Like, like specifically, like about the plot. Like, why were why why were people being decapitated? Or like, what <laughs> no, was that well, language that they like... were speaking? Do you have any questions about that? I don't because I feel like you fleshed it out. I feel you flesh it out really well um, 
And I, like, you always do really good of explaining that. I'm like, oh, well, that's probably why it happened. Or that's why they wrote it that way. So, yeah. No, I don't think I have any. Do you have anything you want to say okay. before we're done? Um, I did up? look up what that language was because um, I was curious. So, it's not a particular language. It's a mix of, like, Hebrew. It's, like, a, like, a mix of, like, Latin Hebrew and um, Enochian which is not a language. No one Google it. It's an occultic language um, that is spoken in witchcraft um, that they claim was given to them by the angels. But if it was, it was definitely fallen angels. Don't don't say anything in Enochian ever. You're going to break something. How would you, you, like, probably. how would you even know what is, how to say anything? Oh, they give you they give you uh, a step by step pronunciation guides of how to read oh. these invocations. Yeah, I'll like, stay it's away terrifying. from that. Yeah, I don't, like having mm-hmm. a normal life. Don't say anything in Enochian. Yeah, so um, the so King Payman is uh, a, a real. Well, I say real, but he, I mean he's he's a. They didn't make him up for the movie. Um, that's a, a real demonic figure. Um, and he does that symbol that's on the grandma's necklace that they keep seeing like carved into the wall. Also, Easter egg carved into the telephone pole that later decapitates Charlie. It. Yeah, it's all set you up. don't know that it's going to be important until that telephone comes into play later. Um, so, but that, that symbol that they use is the real, like, symbol that can be found in, like, this centuries-old grimoire that references, like, these 72 demons. Um, this is some, like, real extra-biblical stuff here. Um, this is not from the, like, our Bible or anything. This is from, like, later witchcraft texts that have been put together. Um, but they, they use his symbol, but they adjust it a little bit. Um, the real symbol for King Payment has like four figures in it instead of the three that you see in the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's very key because um, it's it, like movies like The Exorcist, The Omen, Rosemary's Baby. Um, they have all very infamously been plagued by accidents and hardship because they and they're like, yeah, we're not messing with that. We'll change it up nope, a little bit. Yeah. Because those movies use real demonic symbols in their movies and then, duh, like, invoked something. So don't play around with this stuff, y'all. Bad things happen. I'm not kidding. So that was where my curiosity went. I was like, where did they even get this from? Because they were like, what what language even is that? I I honestly, what's crazy is is, um, while watching this, I was thinking, like, I would never wear that. Like, as an actor, I'd be like, "Mm, no, can we change it? Right, it, that's where I, I'm like, I would well, just and be they, too and they suspicious. Did. Call me, call me what you want, but I would be way too suspicious. Right, right. You're like, nope. I've heard way too many weird stories. Like, pass. Like, have some like two year old scribble something and put it on a necklace, and we'll call that like the cool demon symbol or whatever. Like, no, thank you. Let's not use the real one. Bad luck. Smart. Okay, so Cherie, um, tell everyone what we're doing next week. Hey everyone, because I mean it spooky witchcraft it's halloween right so what what's what are other yes. halloweeny types of characters audrey let's let's what is it i don't know i don't know um people with see. wands right like wands, people with wands. There's, there's ghosts involved ghosties Go- maybe are, a big are very snake mm, that'd be very halloweeny a very big snake and mm-hmm. um defeating it more ghosts more mm-hmm. ghosts yeah wizards. there's gotta be swords involved mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and diaries big spiders Oh, big spiders. That's a good one. That's very Halloween-ish. Flying mm-hmm. cars. I, I wonder what that is all alluding to. Maybe we just make people figure it out, even though I don't know how you could know <laughs> at this point exactly what we're alluding to. But it's my second, it's my very favorite Harry Potter film, Chamber of Secrets. 
yes, this is uh, her favorite Harry Potter film is Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Now, don't get it so twisted. I will... It's my favorite, but it's not the best don't Harry Potter film. No. Uh, we all agree that the best Harry Potter film is the third one. It Done. is. End of story. It is. Full stop. Yep. Full stop. Um, but this is your favorite, and we'll talk about why this is your favorite next week. Yeah. So, um... We're going to lighten things back up a bit and do a very Halloween but not so spooky movie, (laughs) Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. So make sure to be here next Friday to tune in for that. Roll credits. Cinematic Pulse is edited and produced by Cherie Jackson. The episodes and theme are written and performed by yours truly. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and you can find Cinematic Pulse on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Please consider supporting us by becoming a member of our Patreon, where you can get access to show notes, vote on our upcoming episodes, and get exclusive downloads of our episode art. Thank you so much for listening, because we just checked your Cinematic Pulse.